time. I was blind, but now I see. Working jobs we hate, so we buy shit we don't need. Ideas are grateful. If you had one shot, everything I'd ever read, heard, seen was now organized and available. Now you fucking khakis. Life moves pretty fast. The Biohacking Secret Show. In this episode of the Biohacking Secrets Show. So in terms of longevity, in terms of helping with pain, um, really helping cognitively, the potential of stem cells is tremendously high. In the last 70 years, more than 80,000 new chemicals have been synthesized, and every year over 4 billion pounds of these chemicals, many known carcinogens, are released into the environment. Even more disturbing is that the vast majority of these chemicals have never been adequately tested by any government agency, including the EPA and FDA, in regards to their effects on human health. Fortunately, there are natural organic compounds like chlorophyll and spirulina that contain something called chlorophyllin, which has been shown in multiple studies to detoxify your body from these deadly chemicals and protect our DNA. And now you can get all of your healthy superfoods in one glass. No shopping, no blending, no juicing, and no cleanup. If you're on the go or short on time, grab a scoop of Organifi Green Juice. It's infused with coconut water crystals, which help improve nutrient absorption. And they've added ashwagandha and turmeric, two of nature's most powerful botanicals in reducing systemic inflammation. I take it every single morning to get my cells what they need to stay clean and make energy and keep our mitochondria functioning the way that they are supposed to. And I also put it in my suitcase every time I'm traveling because it's that important. So if you're looking for a green superfood powder that's all organic, no pesticides, and gets your body everything it needs, that nutritional insurance for you to function your best, head over to www.organifi.com dot com slash biohacks and enter discount code biohacks to save some money on your Organifi green juice. That's Organifi, O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I dot com slash biohacks. And that discount code to save is B-I-O-H-A-C-K-S. Hey everyone, I know you'll enjoy the interview. If you'd like to learn more of my top biohacking secrets, get a free copy of my best-selling book called The Biohacker's Guide to Upgraded Energy and Focus for free at biohackersguide.com. It's over 500 pages of my top biohacks and I'll send it to you for free if you cover a small shipping cost. Get your free copy at biohackersguide.com. Hey guys, Anthony here, and I just wanted to give you a big biohack thank you for listening. I'm so humbled and grateful that you're spending some of your day with me and the Biohacking Secrets Show. And if you get any value from this episode, or you've gotten value from previous episodes, it would mean the world if you could leave us a five-star review on iTunes and share this episode with your friends, family members, and coworkers on social media. That way we can continue to spread this information and positively impact as many lives as possible. And it's also how our podcast gets discovered by more people. So without further ado, please enjoy this episode of the Biohacking Secrets Show. Dr. Craig Kniver, welcome to the show. Hello. So for people that aren't familiar with your work, what are you best known for? That's a good question. So I'm here in Charleston, South Carolina, and I've always been practicing integrative, alternative, complementary medicine uh, since I opened my practice in 2006. And that has evolved uh, more now into more of what I really consider kind of performance medicine, helping well people be super well, working with, you know, high-end performers, high-octane um, people who, who want to get the most out of things, people looking for, obviously, longevity, anti-aging, uh, but it's really, you know, trickles down to what everyone's looking for, which is how to age gracefully, how to do it safely, um, not get any of these big bad diagnoses, um, and keep it positive. So, yeah. And in working with high-end athletes, entrepreneurs, executives, and people that 
are dealing with some of the chronic and degenerative conditions of today. What are you seeing as some of the common threads, some of the low hanging fruit that a lot of people have opportunities for increasing their energy production that aren't being tapped into? Yeah, that's a good question. I think, I think there's a couple of things. One, I think certainly nutrients. I think that the vast majority of us, especially as adults, don't get the nutrients we think we do. And so when you break it down really in, in the cellular environment, uh, and I know this because we do a lot of nutrient testing, the vast majority are gonna, of us are going to come test positive for some sort of deficiencies. The most common deficiencies we see are a range of B vitamins, amino acids, and then minerals like magnesium, zinc, things like that. And I think people... Even people who eat well or say they eat organically, cleanly, eat people who, you know, on this keto kick, they're like, oh, I, you know, I get everything I can from food. Mm, that's not really true at all, right? Like that's, that's pretty far from the truth. And I think some of it is educating people that it's really hard to get all of our nutrients from food. And so if you really want to do a good job of supplying yourself with the best nutrients, you need to supplement in some form or the other. So that, that'd be number one. Number two would be hormones. I think hormones are the most influential factor for human health. And so, you know, I look at hormones somewhat differently. I know hormones have become a big topic of discussion in the anti-aging world, the bodybuilding world, the fitness world. I think people get it wrong when they try to isolate hormones. You know, for men, they're like, we need testosterone or we need growth hormone or whatever. And women, it's need estrogen. And it's really kind of understanding the lay of the land, the arena of hormones and how they work together that I think allows people to feel their best. Yeah, that's a good point. I've seen a lot of guys jumping on the testosterone bandwagon before even looking at nutrients, as you mentioned, and how like certain deficiencies could be contributing to that or like lifestyle choices where they're burning the candle at both ends, sleeping right. four or five hours a night using Adderall or other substances to wake themselves up. And then they're trying to correct those hormonal deficiencies just by throwing more into the mix. It's sure. It reminds me, I was working with this client. She's from Manhattan. Very, very, very successful uh, owns several businesses, does really well in business. It's just like you said, she's working 20 hours a day, every day of her life. And then thinking there's some magic pill to take care of everything else. And it was like, it was really hard for me to convey to her, unless you literally change how you're going to sleep, how you have downtime, how you manage, how you move all of these things. It almost doesn't matter. Like it almost doesn't matter what you take. You'll never be able to catch up. So that's a really good point. Yeah, this uh, there's there's like this limitless movement. Bradley Cooper has us chasing that pill that that we can take and still not address the things that we all need. I, I, have you seen how much sleep do you get on an average night? Let's start there. I aim, I aim for about eight. Uh, okay. You know, and I used to be a really really light sleeper since medical school. Like for decades, I'd wake up five six times a night. One of those times was for a long time and. And I've tried, you know, all different types of supplements, this and that, and they work for a little bit. When I, when I did the umbilical cord stem cells on myself several months ago, and since that time, I've literally, I mean, I'll still wake up once or twice, but I'm not up. And the, I've had the best sleep I've had in decades. And it's, it's consistently eight hours. And are so you tracking wonderful. that? Use, are you using like the aura ring or any other not, device not, or no, I'm going to soon. Not yet. Uh, that's a good question. I, I was just on their website because I know it's, it's a powerful tool and, and getting that information is important for me. I might have my clients do it. So I was like, I, I just need to do it too. So yeah. yeah, it's, it's, it's a great way to correct behaviors that interfere with sleep. Like I, I noticed once I got the ring that anytime I ate too close to bed, my deep sleep tanked. And if I, you know, went out and even just had a couple drinks, the number of times that I would wake up throughout the night, even if I didn't notice was exponentially more than if I didn't. So when you see it every morning, it gets you to start thinking twice before you like make those choices. Um, very cool. You were talking about nutrient deficiencies. What, what's like the one test that you go to, or if a client says, I only want to order one or two tests, which ones will give us the most bang for, for the buck? There's two that I think about. One, we use a lab specter cell. So it's a blood test. Uh, and it's actually looking at the white blood cells and looking at the nutrients involved with the white blood cells. The second is a urine test. 
uh, organic acid test, which measures, it's like a cellular screen, measures about 74 to 75 different markers. Part of that screen looks at amino acids, fatty acids, as well as different nutrients. And that that's more of, you have to do a little bit more deciphering from that information, whereas the spectra cells test is more direct. But both mm-hmm. at the end of the day are going to give you a lot of data to work with. And do you offer anything where, um, so like Dr. Stephen Cabral, who's a friend of mine, he has something set up where you can order the organic acids test through his website, and then it comes with a 30-minute consultation with someone from his team. Do you offer anything like that for these tests? Yes and no, for sure. Like, you know, I work with people remotely all over the country, but I I don't set it up like it's going to be like, oh, 30 minutes per se. So what usually happens when I start working with someone, we're going to develop a a plan of attack. Like, okay, you have these goals. This is what's going on with you. Let's order these tests and then let's get started and review. Um, Because there's, there's many ways to do this, right? Like lots of us have opinions on what's the best way to do it. And you know, I'm certainly, I've learned over time, it takes a lot of people's input to get to the top. So, yeah. Okay, cool. Um, so you sent me an amazing care package a month or so back that contained yeah. a whole bunch of goodies that you're using with some of your high performing clients. Yeah. What's in there and why are you excited about some of those tools? Yeah, so I sent you two main things. One was the intravenous NAD plus along with our fast vitamin IV. And so we, we are having tremendous success with NAD. And I think people are becoming more and more familiar with NAD. And to give a quick synopsis, uh, NAD is a B3 vitamin derivative that is the mitochondria's rate limiting. So simply put, the mitochondria, which is inside all of our cells and not just one per cell, but tons and tons and tons of mitochondria per cell, is responsible literally for taking the fuel or the food we eat or supplements, taking that and turning it into ATP energy. Without ATP, we can't do anything. So whenever we want to think a thought, throw a football, whatever, we need ATP. And what we know from hard science research is that over time, and through people's life growing up and stressing ourselves out, we deplete our ability to make NAD. So NAD comes from two dietary sources, niacin and tryptophan. And for various reasons, you know, whether it's you know genetics or endurance athletic training or being a, an addict or going through PTSD, we deplete our ability to make NAD. And so what's come on the market in the past, I don't know, five years are these oral NAD precursors which you can take orally, which have been shown to subtly, slightly increase your NAD levels. Um, Where this all stems from actually is looking at um, genes and finding that in certain organisms, lower level organisms, there's a certain class of genes that when activated, they extended the life of that organism. These are the SIRTI genes and there's sirtuins and there's, there's a group sirtuin one through seven. And, and the, the research initially focused on the sirtuin one gene, uh, extending longevity and tapping into the telomeres. Well, what was found was genes need NAD to operate. And so that's the tie-in. So that's what got people excited about NAD is, oh, wow, now we add some NAD or raise NAD levels and we can keep this whole process flowing better. So what's been used for 20 years or so is intravenous NAD, but the vast majority of people are using it different, which is addiction and which is strange, but, but the NAD research grew up out of the, really the 1930s and forties where they found NAD turned off cravings and it does so very quickly. And so we use it somewhat and, but most of the clinics using NAD in this country, using it for addiction because whether it's alcohol, opiates, benzos, you start someone on intravenous NAD, after two or three treatments, they have no more craving. Like you've totally changed the dynamic of what their brain is, is feeding for. That's powerful. And, and I think the, the statistics boxing off uh, any sort of adulterating substance is, is around 90%, which is very, very high compared to traditional detox centers. So that's where NAD grew up out of is, is addiction. And there, you know, really what I tell people is we're just, you know, on the tip of the iceberg in terms of what NAD does. So 
not to make the story too long, but when we started working with NAD, the original protocols for intravenous NAD, each treatment lasts six to eight hours. And when we first started working with it, we said, that's just not going to fly in today's world. You know, someone will commit to one day, but they're not coming back the next day. We don't have time. So we did a lot of testing in my office and found what I consider to be the sweet spot for where we get the benefit out of the treatment. But most people can do it in one, one hour, one and a half hours, maybe two hours. And once we started doing that, and then we added the fast vitamin to that protocol, which is a blend of vitamins, minerals, and amino acids, it's literally the magic started happening. People started waking up. We started helping people in a variety of conditions from anxiety, depression, PTSD. And then it became the well who wanted to be super well and performance and really optimizing that nervous system functioning. So this, a lot of this stuff came from the addiction world. And, yes. and we'll get into some of the, the uses of ketamine and other things that they're finding efficacious there that are also now being, being used for uh, neurogenesis and cognitive function. Are you seeing some of these cravings also translate over to food addictions? People that find themselves overeating, are they taking NAD plus and experiencing a change in their, in their cravings in, in the food department? Yeah, it's a really good question, and we are. And I think what, what NAD does on the very simplest level, um, the way I think about it because I like to simplify things, um, there's two cell lines that contain the most mitochondria. Number one is the nervous system. Number two is the cardiac cells, the heart cells. And so when we you know, give people intravenous NAD, this tremendous amount of energy to start healing and rewiring the brain. It really works first on that nervous system. So whether that is a food issue, a gambling issue, a drug issue, an alcohol issue, the underlying biochemistry seems to be very similar. And what, what intravenous NAD, we make them much more efficient at everything they do. And so, you know, very common for people, whether it's for food issues or just anxiety, depression, PTSD, to come back after just a couple of treatments and say, wow, I feel like my brain is being rewired, literally. And, and in a sense, that is happening because they are making themselves much more efficient with all of their neurotransmitters and how all of those chemicals are conducted. So, yes, that definitely happens. I'm sure you have some hypotheses or, or theories in this department. It's sounding like there's some connection between an energetic shortfall and cravings, whether that's cravings for drugs that get the brain to, you know, produce more neurotransmitters, serotonin, dopamine, et cetera, or foods that do something similar or also just, um, help with with more energy production because the process is inefficient do you have a theory in this department on what's driving cravings for drugs and or food i, I do and i think you've tapped into it so if we think about you know developmentally when people are younger right and so a lot of these problems with addiction stem back from when people from early childhood right and certain needs that usually are not being met and that happens in with opiates the classic uh, scenario is, or the way to phrase it is when people start using heroin, it's like the first time in their life, they got a hug, right? It's like they felt that connection or love. I think the same thing is happening with food. And they're four or five, six years old, and they're not getting that connection or that need is not being met. And yet they, they make a connection with eating something, right? Eating something usually sugary, because it provides that serotonin boost and it provides that warm, fuzzy feeling. They're getting the same kind of pathways are, you're just reinforcing them. So they learn early on, okay, if I want to feel that love, that connection, the way I get that is through food. Same thing with opiates, same thing with alcohol. And that's, you know, honestly taps into one of the problems that we face with addiction is that the, the the, I guess the best way of saying this, the opposite of addiction is not sobriety. The opposite of addiction is connection. And this is the problem when, when you are taking the, the addict, say opiates, when you all of a sudden take away their heroin, their morphine, whatever it is, well, sure, in a health perspective, perspective you're doing them a whole lot of good. Provide that connection for them, they're going to be lost. And this is why addiction programs fail. Because the goal isn't necessarily to be sober. The goal is to change that pattern and understand that underlying need. And so, 
that's a big problem, right? Like we don't approach addiction in terms of how can we fill in that connection? We just approach addiction with just change their behavior. That's why we fail, I think. And so what NAD does probably better than any other tool it will provide that energy to the nervous system to start rewiring that brain. So biochemically, you can then reverse engineer that. So they start to feel that connection, you know, internally, if that makes sense. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. I've observed this a bit in my own parents and especially like my mom, my dad's always been sort of a guy that's a little bit, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't taught how to emote or really express love too much. He did the best that he could to provide for our family and everything. And, and as their marriage, you know, got into the, the deeper years, the deeper waters, I saw my mom starting to turn to food more and more. And I, I, as I look back on it, you know, I thought it was, I thought it was that she didn't know how to eat right, or it was more of a, a technical thing she needed help with. And the more that I learned from people like you, the more I realized that she was searching for that connection that she sure. perhaps wasn't getting from my dad and the, 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 her food habits weren't going to change until she either found a way to give that to herself or get it somewhere else. Yeah. And that's why people say, yeah, it doesn't necessarily have to be external. Actually. I think ultimately it's internal, right? Like we, we all know the phrase, if it's hard to love someone until you love yourself. Right. Like yeah. that of that connection has to come from within. If you, you the society and a lot of dysfunctional families, we're not promoting that at all. Right. Like we're promoting external things, especially for kids. Like you look at boys, five, six up to teenagers. What is their thing? It's video games. Right. Like that's how they feel that connection. Level. Well, that's very damaging to their psyche, to their brain, to their nervous system. And that's going to be next you know 10 20 years so i i think if we if our society understood this more like we need to learn how to promote loving ourselves first because if you can love yourself you don't need external things i mean that's the definition of a healthy person i think so do you have any tools for for someone that knows they need to get better at loving themselves do you have any practices or practical application that they could use well, one thing we, I mean, one thing we do, which is somewhat radical, because you talked about ketamine, is you know what, what we do with ketamine to, to explain ketamine. Ketamine is a disassociative anesthetic. Um, it's used for when people go through surgery, but it's all in the last whatever five years been shown to help people with uh, depression, anxiety, chronic pain. And what it seems to do is it disrupts patterns, and so it allows someone to see themselves almost from a bird bird's eye perspective when it works really well. That's that's the classical ketamine response. Super super safe, no real downside, and very short act. What we start doing is when we give people intravenous NAD for select patients, we will also give them intramuscular ketamine um, and that ketamine uh, can provide for them that shift very quickly where they can see themselves a little bit differently. And, and sometimes that's all it takes because people can spend 20, 30 years, you know, doing talk therapy or doing yoga or searching for something to fill this void. But a lot of times it just takes that shift in how you perceive yourself in the world around you and then it comes to you. And, and a lot of times that we're, I mean, every week we have some pain type of, you know, and, and, and ketamine's not, doesn't have the spiritual quality that other agents or other tools do, but it does provide this kind of bird's eye view. You see yourself differently and that allows people to say, you know what, now I can understand how to love myself. Maybe for the first time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh ketamine protocol that involved six sessions over a three week period. And I found the, the earlier sessions where we're starting out at like, I believe it was half a milligram per kilogram of body weight. Those first three were extremely beneficial and uh, allowed me to get a lot of those, a lot of those benefits that you just described as we got into, we, we basically increased by 10 milligrams each session and the later doses, um, we're almost a little bit too dissociative, um, right. but it was a very yeah. helpful tool. It's a tool. And I think that's the different, the difference when you use a, a, an agent like that, when you're using it in a therapeutic venue, you, you want to make sure you're using it as a tool as opposed to obviously 
people abuse ketamine, people abuse a lot of drugs because again, they're looking, they're running away for something as I mm-hmm. see it, right? Like they're not comfortable with who they are. These tools can be the same tools that you use therapeutically to allow people to see themselves from a, you know, inside view or a different perspective. And that's where the magic happens for sure. Yeah. I found it to be a very helpful gratitude exercise, especially at those, at those lower dosages, like the 45, 55, 65 milligram range. I, I would, as I was doing the infusion, each time I went to a place where I was with a lot of my friends, family members, coworkers, uh, people that I really loved and cared about. We're all there. Everyone's showing up as like the best version of themselves, not, you know, not sick or old or tired or overweight. And, um, a lot of the time I was just with those people and we were all giving each other hugs which sounds silly, but I felt my body filling up with gratitude and love and getting there much more efficiently than if I sat writing down things I was grateful for or meditating or trying some of the traditional yogic practices. Right. Well, I think, you know, and a good friend of mine told me about this, you know, there's really two base emotions that we work from. One is fear and one is love. They're both highly motivating. And what, what he does is he has an alarm set on his phone six times a day and it shows up on his phone as F or L, right? And it puts him in the mindset, am I operating out of fear or am I operating out of love? And to kind of rein him back in, he'll send a text to a friend or he'll tell his wife how much he loves her. And, and that's what it's all about is just operating from that place of love and gratitude because when you are have gratitude or you really can't have negative emotion, right? Like it's impossible. And so, you know, combining that with people, you know, journaling where they can have gratitude, express that gratitude openly is a very powerful tool. So, yeah, I like that a lot. That's a great way to sort of interrupt the patterns that we can get into throughout the day, um, especially with all the, the, the interruptions that can bring us to that fear based mindset. Sure. How do you use NAD plus? Like myself personally? Yeah. So, um, you know, when we first started working with it years ago, I, I did a lot of it. Just curious as to, like, really with any new therapy we come across, I want to try it on myself first and see what does it feel like? What does it result in? Not that I'm the, the, the best test subject, but I need to understand it. So I did a lot of NAD, you know, drips. And uh, shortly after starting that process, the biggest change that I at classical migraines since I was 13 years old. And I usually get about eight to 12 migraines. I get the classical visual aura where I can't see out of one eye for about 30 minutes. And then 30 minutes later, I'll get a severe pounding headache with nausea, sometimes vomiting. This is since I was 13. I've tried tons of supplements, different pharmaceuticals. It wasn't until I started NAD. And once I started NAD on a consistent level, um, I literally went an entire year with, without a migraine. And then the last two migraines I've had, I only got the aura. I did not even get the headache. And I couldn't even tell you when the last time was. So for me, it's, it's profound for migraines because that's dominated pretty much every month of my life since I was 13. So now I don't even think about them. They're not even on my radar. And then two, so I, what I do is I do about every three weeks, I, I rotate. I either do the traditional drip of NAD where it drips in. It takes me about an hour or push of NAD, which I developed, which is super intense, where we're, we're just mixing that NAD in a syringe of saline and pushing that in a relatively quick amount of time. That, though, you have to be seasoned for. That you have to be ready for because that is so intense. And so, you know, I can do the push in about 10 minutes, and it really knocks you out almost. Like you can, hard to breathe. You feel like you've been punched in your gut, but it's so intense. But once, once that's finished... Like you feel on cloud nine for a good day or so, like you are jacked up. You can do anything you want to do, handle stress. You are on cloud nine. It doesn't last as long as the drip, but it's super intense. So I, I tend to rotate those. Yeah. It's, it's pretty funny. So you sent over a call for, for doing the drip and the push. And my friend who's the nurse, the nurse practitioner that has been administering the ketamine, she was looking at it and she's like, okay, she's like, I'm going to be honest, looking at these symptoms that he's describing, you were talking about like abdominal cramping and, and everything that you just described. And she's like, we're going to have to go with the drip first and then see how you handle that before I let you do that push. Yeah. So um, we did 
we did the the NAD plus and we set the pace for like three hours, I think. And then she's like, how do you feel? And I was like, I feel fine. So then we dropped it to two, a two hour pace. And then we ended up dropping it to like, for like the last half, we dropped it to a one hour pace. And yeah. the only thing that I experienced with that was a little bit of breathiness. Um, mm. But nothing, nothing bad. I, I could probably do it in half an hour, no problem. Or, or you know, after two or three, try that push that you described. Um, but we followed it with the highest ketamine dose out of the six infusions that I'd done, which I think was like 105 milligrams. Wow. Uh, and 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 so I think that left me a little bit groggy the next day, where I couldn't fully experience the benefits of the NAD plus. So I need to wait till I get back from. Montana here, which is why we've got like the trees in the background for anybody that's watching this on, on video. And my apologies if there's any, uh, any audio hiccups, but, uh, yeah, I'm excited to go back and try the push and, and try the NAD plus isolated without, without the ketamine. It's worth doing. And I think we certainly do the push without the ketamine because one is too short and you really want to experience that that surge. And what I tell people, which helps them get through it is when, when we're doing NAD and, and why we think or speculate, there's these negative symptoms, negative symptoms for most people, you know, it's that stomach cramp, it's that chest pressure. You can get leg heaviness, sinus congestion. Um, you can get agitated. Um, so when we give people NAD, we're increasing the NAD to NADH ratio and that stimulates mitochondrial fission or splitting. And this is actually where the benefits of NAD come in because this is where we're cleaning up the defective mitochondrial DNA. So we're doing the quality control that we've suffered for decades of our life. And that is the most impressive aspect, I think, of NAD. Because when you can rein things in, clean up your cells, and then from there, mitochondrial fission stimulates mitochondrial fusion or the making of a bigger, better, stronger mitochondria, you become much more efficient. That's where the performance kicks in. That's where the optimization. But the prevention is in the fission part. So are we talking more like mitophagy, like the like the, uh, autophagy process related to mitochondria, or are we talking more mitochondrial biogenesis? Both. So that's what's neat. So at first, we're, start, we're stimulating mitochondrial fission, right? That's the first process. So get rid of the bad ones. Get rid of the bad ones. And okay. then about 24 hours later, we're stimulating that mitochondrial fusion or biogenesis, where we're putting those mitochondria, the healthy ones, together to make more efficient mitochondria. So what I tell people is the very most robust and direct treatment for the mitochondria is intravenous NAD, right? Like we're familiar with ketogenic diet, cold therapy, this and that, which stimulates these same things, but not as directly. That's the beauty of intravenous NAD. Yeah. That's why we were, we were just in a Creek over here, freezing, 45 degrees post-workout freezing, and then threw on a hat and come and hanging out with you. Um, yeah. So the, the long and the short of it is if you want these benefits, if you want your body making more mitochondria, you got to get a little bit uncomfortable, whether it's stomach cramping or getting in yes. a cold river or both. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Or combine all three, you know, go yeah. keto, jump in a cold plunge and then get intravenous energy. Right. Beautiful. What, yeah. what are you, what biomarkers are you seeing improve with consistent NAD plus injections? It's a really good question. I don't have a good answer for you and something we really wish we had, right? So um, to get someone's intracellular NAD plus level really requires um, like a biopsy type type of tool or lab test. So it's not readily available. So we can't look at that. I mean, that would be great to say, hey, your NAD level is X, right? You're here. We want to raise it to here. We're not there yet. We, we started looking at uh, organic acid testing, which... Um, we talked about the beginning, which is a urine test and looks at different mitochondrial markers. They really haven't been consistent. And so it's hard to put that into a container and say, this is the marker we're looking for. I wish there was. So what we experience or what we've seen or observed from patients is, is very much subjective. It's very much, we're still at that point where people report, hey, their thinking is better, their mood is better, they're sleeping better, uh, they handle stress better, they have more energy, they're able to do more, they're more creative, all these positive things. Um, from a lab point of view, there's not been one thing that stands out that says, oh yeah, here you go, you've been using NAD. I think we'll get there, but we're not there yet. Yeah, it seems like we have to rely on a lot more of these subjective measurements of health and performance and um, 
you know, how you look in the mirror, how you feel when you wake up in the morning, how your brain functions into the late afternoon and evening. Um, because the only test that I really know that's accessible is it's Dr. Frank Schallenberger's bioenergy testing that looks at gas exchange to see how your mitochondria are functioning. It would be interesting if someone were able to do that pre and post, um, just, just on, you know, just kind of shooting from the hip here as we, as we spitball, that seems like that would be the most relevant test because you're not, there's, there's not a lot that you could look at with like traditional blood labs and, and, and expect to see huge changes, maybe telomere length. I'm, I'm not sure though. I don't know either. You know, and I was talking to uh, John Wolf, one of the, the trainers and coaches at, on it, and we were talking about this. Hey, is there some you know, test we can put in place, some fitness test we can put into place in terms of people doing these IVs and then measuring outcomes? And he made the point, which I agree with, is, you know, as humans, there's so many variables, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's very, very hard to control uh, a group of people to not control what they're eating, control how they move, control how they think. You know, right. all these different variables that then you're looking, oh yeah, this is what it is. So it's a challenge. Yeah. If it makes sense post-interview, I'd be happy to connect you with Dr. Schallenberger. And, uh, sure. if you guys wanted to look at that bioenergy testing. Um, sure. Tell me a little bit about the, the fast vitamin IV. Is this, is this a souped up Myers cocktail? Um, yeah. How are you using that with, with clients? That's a good question. So I've been doing a lot of nutritional IV therapy for a long time. When I first started, this was years and years ago before people, before it became an in thing or people were using it for hangovers. And we used to do a lot of uh, IV TA and, and that for most people was to help prevent coronary artery disease because there's some data that using um, when you chelate or remove heavy metals, you stabilize the blood vessels. You, you said IV ETDA? Calcium EDTA, yeah, intravenous calcium EDTA. That was yeah, the okay. agent we, we used to use. I'm, anyway, I'm that, in the process of getting my dad to do that because he's got 65% blockages. Yeah, so we used to use the uh, original protocol, which is a three-hour protocol. People would just sit there. And at some point in time, I got my hands on the European protocol, which was called for direct administration calcium EDTA. No dilutant, that's a 10-second push. And so we used to start doing that. And, and people not only felt better, their labs reflected it, but they'd much preferred being in the office for three minutes versus three hours. So that got me thinking, there's got to be a way, you know, that, that combined with my thought of, you know, the, the, major, the way these IV um, nutrients work is they work quickly, right? What I tell people is, on average, we only absorb about 20% of nutrients we take in orally, right? Whether that's food or supplements, about 20%. When you use an IV, you're closer to 100%, 100% of the time. And, and people are familiar with this. Like, you know, we get pneumonia, right? People get pneumonia in the winter. About 80% of the time, we can take an oral antibiotic to help fight that infection. But still about 20% of the time, the oral doesn't work and people have to go to the hospital. Why? To get intravenous antibiotics because of the absorption of the penetration. So we, we have this inherent understanding that IVs are, are better. Anyway, what I observe with my patients is, again, these were sick people who were doing IVs, is the rate at which they got better or healed was super fast compared to people not doing IVs. So I thought there's a role for people who are well, who want to be super well. Let's be proactive about how we use these IVs and not just reactive. So we just did a lot of testing. I'm lucky I have a lot a patient base that likes to experiment and try stuff, a lot of athletes. And so I would just come up with formulas and years, try it on thousands and thousands of patients about what we gave them, what worked, what's the safety profile. And eventually we came, we settled upon these fast vitamin IVs. And what we learned, the primary thing we learned is that when we give these blends of vitamins, minerals, and amino acids, but when we give them quickly, like 30 to 45 seconds, we get a much more robust response than if we let it drip in. Uh, and why do you think that is? Patients start doing better. And not only that, were they able to feel better, right? It was very positive, but they were able to do it consistently because they're not in the office for an hour to three hours. They're literally there for three minutes. So then they can easily say, I'll see you every Wednesday at 10. Boom, they come in, get them with the fast vitamin IV, and they're gone. So they're doing it more consistently. And so now you have people who are doing it consistently over time. Well, on the cellular level, their health is so much improved. And so that's really the concept. It makes a lot more sense for you guys, the same way that like restaurants want to have high turnover with tables. You don't want a chair occupied for three hours if you could have it occupied for 15 minutes. 
Absolutely. And I, I think it just falls into line with our society about everything being about convenience anyway, right? Like people want stuff brought to them because we purchase everything and just shipped to us. Um, and so it just makes sense to do things quickly for people, but the, the, the fastness of it really works. And so, um, that's why people really enjoy, you know, boom, they'll be doing it. You know, we have a number of NFL players, professional athletes, obviously high end, they'll do it several times a week just because it's so easy, so easy and so fast. And so, this is the, the fast vitamin IV. This is, is this independent of the, the ETDA, the, the calcium ETDA? Yeah. So calcium ETDA is totally separate. Okay. Um, that kind of initiated my thought process was once I got that European protocol and saw, Hey, we can push things. We don't need to be afraid of pushing because in the, because in the IV nutrient space and, and a lot of the IV world, the, the thinking and the teaching is you got to go slowly. We can't tolerate speed. We found that actually not to be true. Like I was talking to a doctor in Boston, this was several years ago. And I told her, we use a lot of magnesium in the fast vitamin IV. Um, and she's like, well, you can't push that. And I said, well, we do. And she's like, no, you can't like, that's not, not safe. And I was like, well, we do it. Every Literally never had an adverse reaction. So I know people are trained in kind of the antiquated way. Don't push, don't push. But we found just by trialing it, it's very safe. So, yeah, as long as you're sitting down and, and you monitor the pace, which you warn about to, you know, avoid pain. Um, but, but you can, you can push it pretty quick. I, I, I felt like, um, I felt like that was a pretty easy push. Yeah, it, it is. And, and again, from what we found over testing is we got a more robust response. So people are sleeping better. Their workouts are more intense. They have more energy. They feel in a better period of time than if you take a, a bag of water and dilute it with just a little bit of nutrients, you know, we're taking very little water, but we're concentrating it and giving it quickly. Yeah. And, and the initial protocol versus the maintenance protocol. Um, can you kind of like, let's say, let's say you have a high end athlete who's looking to get to, to looking to looking to improve their performance, energy production, oxygen efficiency, etc. What's the initial approach that you would take with them? And then how often would you want them coming in to see you for like optimal results with, with the NAD plus and the fast vitamin IV? Sure. So with, with NAD, we break it down into a loading dose and then a maintenance phase. Um, what we found over time is that the majority of people do fine with a loading dose of about four or five NAD drips. And we like those as close together. That's the majority of people. Now, some people do need 10, right? And who are those people? Addicts. Severe PTSD, uh, people with multiple traumatic brain injuries or concussions, endurance athletes. They need a lot more to make up a lot more ground. So we either start with about five or 10. After we do the loading dose, then we just individualized it. Um, on average, that maintenance dose is once a month for people. But, you know, I started working with a high profile NFL player and he started this and loving, it. he's like, I want to do this every week. I want to do four going to be able to keep up that pace. It's just, that's just, and he's doing it about once a week now. And, and that's about right. The people who really benefit once a week seems about be about right um, across the board. So anywhere for the maintenance of once a week to once a month, we certainly have people do it once a quarter, you know, there's a cost associated with it. There's some time. Um, and so we understand that. It depends, right? What, what are you going for? What's your goal? And um, how do you want to achieve that? So, and, and have you tested the IV uh, ETDA on athletes to see if it improves endurance? Uh, in terms of like using calcium ETDA? Yeah, like would the calcium ETDA by decreasing arterial blockages improve endurance? I'm just thinking theoretically. Uh, and, and how might that question? I, I don't think we've done that. I mean, that's a really good question. No, I mean, we haven't done it. Cause I was you looking know, at my dad and, and sharing a lot of his genes. He's, he's in his sixties. He's got 65% blockages and I'm wondering, you know, where I may be along that continuum and if it makes yeah. sense to just do the IVs and see, well, if, see if there's a, a, an improvement. So on that front, one thing we've changed probably in the last five years is um, they've come out with rectal suppository calcium EDTA. Ah. And what the data shows on the, cal on the rectal suppository is you get almost the same blood levels of the calcium EDTA as the IV, but you can do it in your home 
you know, five days a week and you, and it's less expensive. And so with EDTA, we switch a lot of people over to that because it's a convenience thing. And if we're, if we're about the same blood level, it's easier for people to do it at home, do it, you know, again, Monday through Friday, take the weekends off. You're going to get more out of it. So we, we just don't do a lot of IV calcium ETA because of that rectal suppository. Um, to your point, though, you, you you could do the rectal suppository or the IV and kind of see. You know, the challenge with EDTA, I'll tell you this, is, and this is where it confuses a lot of people, is, you know, a lot of people will look at a, a blood test or a urine test looking at heavy metals, and they'll say, oh, your lead or your mercury is high. Let's start some chelation program. Well, if, it, if you're, you know, 40 years old, it took you 40 years to develop that level of lead or mercury. And so... When people are doing it for that reason, our goal is never to get you to zero. Like it may take another 40 years to get your level down to zero. The goal of this is to stabilize the blood vessel. That is it. Stabilize the blood vessel. So some of these markers are confusing for people because they'll say, my lead level is not changing. My mercury level is not changing. That's okay because we know we're stabilizing that blood vessel. If that makes sense. Have you guys played around with any ozone post chelation? Yeah. No, I know people do. I've never gotten involved with those. I know there's tremendous benefits. Um, that's just not something that I've gotten into. Yeah. Yeah. It does. It does. It can be a little bit, I mean, just in, in my mom finding someone that applies that process of keyzone, which is like the, the IV calcium ETDA followed by ozone for, yeah. they, they found the ozone can improve the endothelial elasticity and health. Um, yeah. it, it's, you know, there's, there's on average one or two people per state, and, um, the first person that she called in Illinois is, is no longer practicing. And then she called someone in Wisconsin that's two and a half hours away. So those rectal suppositories could be, could be a huge benefit for my dad and other people who know that they, they would benefit from this, but don't want to be making those trips. Yeah. And w w there used to be a company that would sell the calcium ETA suppositories. Now we just get them compounded and they're not expensive. And so I can tell you that after the show, how we can do that, because it's really easy and straightforward. Very, very safe. That'd be amazing. And for people listening, like, let's say someone knows that they have um, compromised, you know, uh, arteries or some, one of their loved ones does. If they were to, to head over to, uh, to conniverwellness.com or wanted to apply to work with you, is that something that would be an option that, that could be included in their program? Oh, sure. Sure. I mean, when I start working with people, it's, we really want to understand what, what their goals are, what they're working from, where they want to go. And then like I tell people, there's tons and tons of tools we can use. And so it's just a question of how to apply those tools. Awesome. And, uh, you've got some other pretty cool to tools, um, that, that include stem cells, umbilical cord stem cells and peptides. Tell us a little bit how you're using those in, 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 in your practice. Yeah, so the umbilical cord stem cells are really fascinating. So up until the fall, I think, of last year, they were actually considered illegal by the FDA because they were considered a live cell and they weren't allowed to be used in this country. Umbilical cord cells obviously come from donated umbilical cords, mostly from cesarean sections. In the fall or winter of last year, the FDA changed the classification to from a live cell to a biologic. And they gave uh, a three-year window where we could use these cells learn from them, see the safety profile and see how they work. And so what I was very hesitant to get into the stem cell world, you know, probably for the past five years, most people are using either fat grafted cells or cells from their own bone marrow. Well, most people who are doing these treatments are 40, 50, 60 years old. So those stem cells are going to be 40, 50, 60 years old. What's so promising about umbilical cord stem cells is they're age zero. They are the freshest, most potent cells. And the idea with stem cells is, you know, for whatever reason, they have a naive, uh, they're naive, but they have an innate ability to migrate to sites of inflammation, calm down that inflammation, and then lay down new cellular scaffolding. So the, the study I always think of is they had someone who had fractured their right wrist. They gave them intravenous stem cells that had been tagged so you could see them radiographically. 24 hours later, a majority of those stem cells were at the site of the fracture. So the stem cells inherently know where to go to calm down inflammation. So in terms of longevity, in terms of helping with pain, um, really helping cognitively, the potential of stem cells is tremendously high. 
because they're naive cells. What's nice about the umbilical cells is you're not going to have an immune reaction. There's no, uh, they don't haven't you know formed any immune type of cells. So you're not going to react to it. And then you're going to get the potential of these new cells that divide and replicate every 28 days. I'm sorry, every 28 hours. So you're getting these new cells laid down. So you're literally forming a new self from the inside out. I mean, the very high and very exciting. So what we do a lot of is we do a lot of intravenous and intranasal stem cells. <clears throat> Excuse me. Intranasal. Everyone, yeah, everyone we see gets intravenous. And then most people are choosing intranasal because that's the very best way to get into the brain. So we use a, a certain type of catheter and we put that catheter up people's nose um, and there's a sinus up in the high nasal cavity which communicates with the brain. So you don't have to worry about the blood-brain barrier. So we basically deposit the cells up there and have people you know, sit and, with their full neck extended drip into the brain. Because what we know from studies is the center of stem cells seems to be the hypothalamus in the brain. That can be like the master control center. So most people want some sort of cognitive enhancement cognitive improvement, whether that's from some neurodegenerative condition or they're just, again, someone who's well who wants to be super well. Stem cells provide this potential resource, right? Like you are literally taking cells that are age zero, adding them to your brain. The potential is, you know, infinity, literally. So it's super exciting. So we've developed a protocol um, and we combine it with NAD, <clears throat> excuse me, because NAD, again, is kind of the master treatment for the mitochondria and stem cells are directed by mitochondrial health. So we have a protocol because we want to deliver stem cells, as we talked about before, during mitochondrial fusion, because that's when you're going to get the most out of the stem cells. So we start, <clears throat> it's a three-day program where people come in and they'll do three straight treatments of NAD and we do those stem cells after that because we want to maximize how the stem cells are used. And then the other component that's super exciting are different peptide therapies. Um, peptides are chains of amino acids that we give to people, usually injectable. It's usually a subcutaneous injection. Most people are familiar with it in terms of the growth hormone releasing peptides. So the most famous one is semorelin, um, but we use a combination of ipomorelin, growth hormone releasing peptide 2, growth hormone releasing peptide 6, and we combine that with a different molecule called CJC, this is just one variant, that really is a growth hormone releasing hormone that tells the pituitary gland to put out growth hormone and keep it, you know, kind of circulating. What we know from studies is as we get older, as we stress our bodies, we put out less and less growth hormone. Well, growth hormone is the most anabolic you know, hormone in the body promotes healing, rejuvenation, restoration, mending, healing. It's as we get older, we get less and less of that. So when you give people um, basically these growth hormone releasing peptides in conjunction with stem cells, you're literally helping the architecture of the cell and allowing these cells to be the most anabolic they can be. And so rapidly, you're going to see changes from calming down inflammation, whether we do someone's knees, their elbows, or just cognitively or just energetically. Yeah, the, the stem cell protocols are fascinating. I was talking to some guys that have now opened up like 10 stem cell clinics focused mostly on umbilical stem cells and the stories they were sharing about people that had had lifelong knee problems, you know, and had to stop running because of it. And then they got stem cells. I think they combined some of them with PEMF therapy at the, the area where they want the stem cells to... Um, yeah. To, to settle and people are like back running feel like they have their life again. It's, it's pretty amazing. Um, I have a question about, about the peptides. Yeah. I've used, I've used HGH and found that that for like thymic regeneration at low doses works great. When I try the Samorlin or Ibutamorin or some of these other growth hormone releasing peptides, I get very bad inflammation throughout my body where I need to stop after a short period of time. And, um, and I haven't been able to figure out why, nor have any of the, the practitioners that I've worked with. Is that something that you've experienced or have any idea why that might be happening? It's a good question. I don't know. I know Semorellin is, is probably the weakest. I don't want to say the weakest, but not our first choice. Right. So the way to make it work for growth hormone is the best way I should say is you combine the peptide, which, you know, the most specific growth hormone release peptide is ipomorelin, um, with the growth hormone 
just something like CJC, because that's going to allow that peptide to act. You know, the, the peptide will pulse the growth hormone. The hormone will keep the pulse going. And so when we do that, um, that's when we get the best results. And usually we're doing twice daily injections when you first wake up right before bed. What I like about that from a safety profile, as long as we don't reach the saturation dose of the receptor, 100 micrograms for these peptides, you can do this indefinitely. You're not going to damage that receptor, which means you're going to continually get the most out of your own growth hormone. And there does seem to be a trickle down effect from the pituitary of rejuvenating that pituitary. Um, but you know, there's many other peptides now that are super exciting from BPC-157 to TB500 to, um, you know, a whole host from Selenk to CMAX that work on, you know, those are Russian peptides that help with cognition, post-stroke, post-traumatic brain injury that we use. So there's a whole host and combining them in certain protocols really is where you see the magic. So in your case, I'm not sure. I mean, I think... A lot of people will say, hey, I used growth hormone when I was young and I got a lot out of it. It's hard to replicate that, right? The, the trouble with continually using growth hormone is you're going to wash away your own ability to make growth hormone. You're going to downregulate it. So that's right. the challenge. So. Oh, this is great. Um, Dr. Kniver, for someone listening that's, that's interested in stem cells, fast vitamin IV, in intravenous NAD plus, and some of the other things that we've discussed, are you currently taking on clients and, and working sure. with remotely that need help with this stuff? Sure. So they, they can go to our web website, coniverwellness.com, which is K O N I V E R wellness.com. And there's places there to kind of reach out to us. And we do work with people from all over the country. A lot of people come here for their initial um, consult or appointment program, however you want them remotely and um, it can work quite well it doesn't work for everyone but it does you know for a lot of people in this day and age where we can use different technologies to communicate so yeah beautiful and then they can just let you know that they that they heard about it from our conversation and um and yeah well i, I appreciate what you're doing it's it's amazing work very progressive on the leading edge and i thank you for taking the time to hang out this has been a lot of fun and i'm excited to uh to explore more fun stuff together and keep seeing how far we can push this envelope yeah, I too. Thank you so much for having me, Anthony. I really appreciate it. So one of the questions that I get more than any other is, does it matter if I buy organic? Do I need to? Because let's be honest, they're more expensive, right? So rather than share opinion or hearsay, let's look to the scientific literature. A huge new meta-analysis that was published in the British Journal of Nutrition looked at over 200 studies, and it found that organic plants have over 50% more nutrients and beneficial health compounds like omega-3 fatty acids compared to conventional non-organic plants. And this is part of a growing body of evidence documenting how dramatically farming methods can influence the nutritional content of the foods we eat. And another large meta-analysis found that organic crops ranging from broccoli to blueberries have substantially higher concentrations of a range of antioxidants, bioflavonoids, and flavanols that fight cancer and keep your cells clean. And that study was looking at over 300 other independent pieces of scientific literature. For example, organic crops had about 50% more anthocyanins and flavanols compared to conventional crops. And consumption of these compounds is linked to a variety of benefits, including anti-inflammatory effects, which you guys know, inflammation is one of the leading drivers of just about every degenerative disease, and they protect ourselves from damaging free radicals, and they fend off diseases that can accelerate cellular aging. So how does this happen? How's this all going down, and how does it affect us? Well, it comes down to stress. Organic plants are exposed to more stress. They're exposed to insect attacks. And conventional plants aren't. Why? Because conventional plants get sprayed with pesticides. Pesticides that are now being implicated in cancer and many of these growing neurodegenerative diseases like Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, and dementia. 
In fact, when my dad was diagnosed with Parkinson's, one of the very first questions he was asked was, did you grow up on a farm? Because these neurologists are seeing so many people who are exposed to greater amounts of pesticides experiencing these diseases. And that holds true if we're eating them and putting them in our body by choice by not buying organic. So what do you do? How do I get organic produce being a busy entrepreneur and someone that's on the road, someone that's packing right now and getting ready to spend 15 days traveling? Well, the first thing I do is get Organifi in my body every single day. This is a superfood powder that contains some of the most powerful greens on the planet. And every single ingredient is organic. Just reading the ingredients label to you guys right now. It's got organic wheatgrass, organic moringa, organic spirulina, organic chlorella, which contains chlorophyllin, a compound that new studies are showing helps to detoxify our cells from the 100,000 plus man-made chemicals in the air we breathe, the water we drink, the food we eat. And this is stuff that wasn't around even 50 years ago. Our grandparents didn't have to deal with these same challenges. Organifi is also the first thing that goes in my suitcase to make sure that when I'm on the road and it's harder to eat healthy, I'm still getting my body the nutritional insurance that it needs. And the list goes on and on. But the long and the short of it is if you guys want to make one easy decision right now that gets more organic nutrients, bioflavonoids, and anti-cancer compounds that will keep your cells clean, keep you feeling great, and literally detoxify your body from the inside out, pick up Organifi Green Juice and make sure you're putting it in your body every single day and in your suitcase every time you travel. And we've got an awesome discount set up for you guys. To check that out, head over to Organifi.com slash biohacks. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I dot com slash biohacks. You can enter discount code biohacks, B-I-O-H-A-C-K-S, to save some money on your Organifi order. And you'll start feeling these benefits for yourself right away. 